Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kaderna Podcast. I'm Brian Kaderna. On today's episode, I'll be discussing how tech and AI are disrupting the stock market and that it's nothing new. I know that technology might be synonymous with all things new and cutting edge and that artificial intelligence seems to be this sci-fi becoming reality. And while that all may be true, technology has been with us much longer than we realize and its impact on the stock market goes back further than you could possibly think. We're going to use the 1970s as our starting point today, and we'll examine decade by decade the technological breakthroughs and the companies behind them that have changed our way of life, and ultimately the effect that that has on our investments. What you'll realize is that once we let the genie out of the bottle, there's no putting him back. Once we have these technological breakthroughs that disrupt the norm and create a new way of life and a new way of doing business, we never ever go back to the way that it once was. And nowhere is that impact more apparent than within the stock market. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd love to remind everyone to go check out my new book titled, What Should I Do With My Money? Economic Insights to Build Wealth Amid Chaos. I even have a chapter dedicated to big tech in that book, and you can learn in much more detail how technology has created an entirely new way of conducting business and how you can invest in tech. And when you say, what should I do with my money? You can look at tech and learn so many new ways to both invest and also optimize your business and way of life. So please go check out my new book, What Should I Do With My Money? Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. The Kaderna Podcast. We'll begin today's conversation with a timeline of the major players in the tech space. And we'll go back to the 1970s as our launch point. So in the 1970s, the computer mainframe was all the buzz. And IBM was grabbing market share left and right as they quickly became the top publicly traded tech firm in the world. By 1980, IBM had achieved a then staggering market cap of $38 billion. Computing continued to advance, and the 1980s brought about the personal computer. We were now able to do work on a computer in our offices or maybe even our home. IBM continued to climb and by 1990 reached a market cap of $54 billion. But by that point, other competitors were arriving on the scene. For instance, Panasonic had created their first notebook computer in 1990. Then the 1990s changed it all. We welcome the internet to the world. The 1990s brought about the dot-com bubble, which we're going to talk more about in a moment, but we started to see all these different companies that no one had ever heard of just explode into becoming some of the largest companies in history. For instance, one of those was Microsoft. By the time the Y2K fears subsided and we reached the new millennium, in the year 2000, Microsoft hit a market cap of $604 billion. That's $100 billion more than the second biggest company in the world, which was General Electric, or GE, at the time. Just to give you some context on how quickly tech can change the game from an economic standpoint, it's worth noting that GE went public in 1896. And then again, fast forward over a century, reached the new millennium, 
they had a market cap just over half a trillion dollars. Microsoft went public in 1986 and just 14 years later had achieved that $600 billion market cap. Another testament to the speed of tech is Cisco. Cisco went public in 1990 and in just one decade became the second biggest tech company in the world with a market cap of $355 billion in the year 2000. All of this brought about the dot-com era where it seemed that you could just pick any company that had dot-com after its name, anyone that had hitched their wagon to the internet boom, and you couldn't lose. Naturally, when we start to see this level of hubris, overvaluation comes into the mix, and that's exactly what happened. Once year 2000 came about and we entered the new millennium, this bubble that had been inflating for almost a decade was now ready to burst, and burst it did. And a lot of those tech companies really took it on the chin. Some of them that had no real merit to their value went by the wayside. But other players, such as Microsoft, while they certainly watched their market cap come back down to earth, that was just a bit of a speed bump in the history that was ahead of them. In the 2000s, it was all about mobile technology and cloud computing. That was a decade in which smaller became bigger, for lack of better words. Google went public in 2004 and changed the way that we search for pretty much any answer to any question we could possibly think of. And then the iPhone was released in 2007, the very first iPhone, if you could believe that, in 2007. Now I believe we're on the 14th version of the iPhone. And Apple cracked the top 10 largest tech firms in the world by the end of the decade in 2010. The 2010s furthered this all-encompassing power of mobile and cloud technology as big tech truly transitioned into megatech. This sector of technology that had grown so much since the 1970s was now infiltrating every single other sector of the economy. In the year 2020, Apple's market cap eclipsed $2.2 trillion. That's 11 times more than the size they were just 10 years prior. Microsoft, Amazon, and Alphabet, which was formerly Google, also passed the trillion dollar milestone by 2020. Along the way, throughout those 2010s, there was a company called OpenAI that was created in 2015. OpenAI, they're the creators of ChatGPT, which has grabbed so many headlines so far this year in 2023. They're an artificial intelligence research lab. AI and large language models, or LLMs, are already the 2020s disruptor of computing, but its impact on remaking other sectors of the economy is still very much in the early innings. So as AI gets better every single day at just finishing our sentences, perhaps we'll see in the 2030s that there will be an iteration that then begins our sentences. There's no telling how quickly sci-fi can become reality, but we know that tech is leading the way. And over the past 50 years, tech went from being just a small sector to something affecting every sector in the most dramatic sense of the word. And in addition to that, the stock market has provided a good measurement to watch that timeline and some of the growth that tech has had and what it's done to the overall economy. So all those big figures I just laid out, market caps that went from billions to hundreds of billions into the trillions, what does that actually mean for investing and what does that mean to the stock market? 
Well, if we go from 1980 up until today, 2023, the average annual rate of return for the NASDAQ is just under 14% versus the S&P 500 at just over 10%. All right, remember the S&P 500 is a, a broad benchmark for the overall stock market, really looking at our, what are considered the 500 biggest companies in the world uh, as an informal definition. But like I mentioned earlier, technology was its own sector of the economy, but ultimately the purpose of tech is to affect other sectors, to enhance the ways of doing business, communicating and living, to raise our quality of life and to do so faster. While tech is synonymous with innovation, it might as well be synonymous with speed, as that seems to be the ultimate result that we all desire, is to get things done quicker through the latest technological breakthrough. So like I mentioned, the NASDAQ over the past 43 years averaging almost 14% a year, and the S&P averaging almost 10% a year. So that spread is certainly meaningful, but it's maybe not as extreme as you'd expect. And I think some of that is because that tech has blended over so much into other sectors that you're seeing a lot of the output of technology in the performance of the S&P 500. For instance, before the year 2000, the NASDAQ 100, those are the 100 largest companies in the NASDAQ exchange, they made up just a fraction of the S&P 500. Now, roughly 80% of the NASDAQ 100 is represented in the S&P 500. That's just incredible to think that almost 80% of the tech space is right there in the S&P 500. And if we look at the top eight companies in the S&P 500, guess what they all have in common? They're tech stocks. All right. Furthermore, they're mega tech stocks. And then if we want to go back looking decade by decade at some of this performance, Let's look at the 1990s up until today. From 1990 until today, which this is airing September 18th, 2023, the NASDAQ has a total return of 2,920%, right? Versus the S&P 500 at 1,162%, all right? So more than twice the output that we got from the S&P. Since the 2000s, or in particular, I should say, since the year 2000, up until today, the NASDAQ has returned 237% versus the S&P's 203%. Now, if you're asking yourself, how come the return is so much lower from the year 2000 versus from the year 1990? Well, that goes back to that dot-com bubble that I alluded to. When that burst in 2000, both all of the stock market took a huge hit, but the NASDAQ, you know, the tech sector really led the way down. And so that's where the 1990s were a golden age of sorts for tech. And then after 2000, we kind of came back down to earth. And that's what moderated those returns I just quoted. But then if we look at 2010 up until 2023, all right, so once we're past the dot-com bubble, we're past the Great Recession of 2008, the NASDAQ has since returned a 505% return versus the S&P 500 at 300%. All right. So what and if you're seeing some of these numbers here, maybe scratching your head at all, the reason is the year 2000s from 2000 to 2010, were actually negative returns in the stock market. So you had the amazing 1990s, the crash of the dot com bubble leading to a neg in the Great Recession leading to negatives 
kind of the lost decade from 2000 to 2010, but then a huge bull market from 2010 uh, all the way up towards today with the tech sector really leading the way. So the actors on the stage here have changed over time and they will inevitably continue to change. And you'll see that some of these companies will aggressively invest and adapt to stay ahead of the curve. Microsoft being a great example as they've remained one of the top three tech companies over the past three decades. Talk about staying power. But then we're going to have new names out there. We're going to have the Teslas of the world or Tencent bringing about TikTok and other technologies that people and youth will fall in love with. And so those who do not continue to innovate are likely to disappear as quickly as they could burst onto the scene, which really supports that notion of diversification only the more within the tech sector. It's hard to pick out who's going to be the next Apple, who's going to be the next Tesla. And it's also hard to pick out who's going to be the one that disappears like a BlackBerry that we never even think about anymore. Hindsight is always 2020. We can always look back and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda. It made so much sense. But when we're in the moment, that's certainly not as easy. And that's where diversification can certainly help out. Now, we always got to remember that no investment, no sector is immune to hubris or overvaluation, as tech returns in the 2000s or in 2022 could show us. But tech can be expected to expand its footprint as a sector at the same time it continues to blend into every other facet of the economy. Now, please note that this episode is not an endorsement for any of these companies I've discussed or any particular sector of the stock market because past performance is not an indicator of future performance. But I think it's worthwhile that we always look at the history of tech and try and keep our finger on the pulse, because it's certainly going to continue to disrupt the stock market. I'm Brian Kaderna. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. If you have any questions or any topics you want to hear more about, please just shoot us an email at thekadernapodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my new book, What Should I Do With My Money, to learn about this in much more detail. With visuals and graphs, they'll probably make it a lot easier to understand. And also, feel free to check out my website, briancaderna.com. That's where you can sign up for my free weekly e-newsletter called well Weekly Wealthy Wisdoms. You don't want to miss out on that. We have tens of thousands of subscribers getting a nice snippet, just about three minutes of information every Monday morning to kickstart your week and achieve wealth in its original meaning, a state of well-being. I look forward to seeing you next time. Please leave us a review, tell a friend, spread the good word, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye-bye. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. 
Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003, phone number 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.